Welcome to all those joining us for Likud Avachas. We're broadcasting from New York. Tonight is Erev, Erev Rosh Chodesh. Tonight is the night of Yom Kippur Katan in America, in, in Eretz Yisrael. It's already the morning of Yom Kippur Katan. And we're continuing the Shir in Likud Avachas, Yoridea Chelek Aleph, Hilchas Yayin Esech, Halacha Gimel, Paragraph Tess. We're going to go back to paragraph tests. We had technical difficulties in the previous year, so we're going to we're going to start from paragraph tests. We dedicate the learning Lili Nishmas Tuvia Rabbi Yisrael Yitzchak, Yerachmiel Daniel Ben Gedalia, and Rosa Basi Tamar, and for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Bas Galia, Edith Bas Miriam Brindel. Shlomenisen ben Mazel, Avram David ben Chana, Hinda Chasa bas Chana, Miriam Esther bas Saragitl, Tuvit Svi ben Chayelana, and Arye Leib ben Yomen ben Rochel Etl, Chaim ben Rachel, Yehuda ben Soromaya, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Yusbendel bas Gitleya, Sor Rochel bas Yusbendel, Adilan bas Yusbendel, Soraleya Bas Chavaliba, Shimon Zvulan Ben Soraleya, Besoich Shar Choyli Yisrael. We spoke about the fact that vessels in which wine was stored, like a, a wine barrel, if it's left for 12 months without being used at all for any wine, it becomes kosher. Ve'elu shnei Moser Chodshi Hashanah she'klalusam heim she'sayonim, and these 12 months of the year, which are basically 365 days, because although there are years that are less than 365 days and more, the main number associated with a year is 365 days. This is the concept of the Soyid Hoibur, where we correlate the month, the lunar year, and the solar year, so that each and every year comes out, the years come out to average 365 days. The 12 months of the year correspond to the 12 Shvatim, the 12 tribes. And these 12 tribes had 12 corresponding stones, precious stones, that the Kohen Gadol wore on the breastplate over his heart, which were engraved with the holy seal of Hashem. <coughs> Shehem ho urim vetumim, which means this refers to the urim vetumim that the Kohen Gadol wore. Shemehem ho yushoyam and kol ho eitzos, from which the people would ask any advice that they needed, whether they should go out to war or not, etc. And the letters that were on these stones would would light up in a way that would give the response. And 
And it's from these 12 stones of the 12 tribes, which were inscribed, engraved. From there, all in holy engravements draw their holiness. And it's from there that we draw, we receive the power to print and publish holy books, which are another example of a holy seal, a holy engravement. And it's through these holy books being published, they are what complete the explanations of the Torah, and this helps to improve and repair the blood inside of us that flows through the 365 pipes, corresponding to the 365 days, which are included in the 12 months of the year, which correspond to the 12 tribes, these 12 stones, which have these holy inscriptions. Because it's from the Urim Vetumim that the Jews would ask all questions. Nowadays, we don't know who is really a Kohen. We don't have the Urim Vetumim that the Kohen Gadol wore to be able to ask questions from there. And we have no one to ask advice from other than from the holy books of the Torah which are increased in, in the, the amount of holy books that we have is increased and expanded through the printing press, which is an example of a holy engravement. So therefore, <coughs> these letters on the printing press which are engra- which engrave the lettering in the books that are published, they correspond to the holy engravement of the 12 stones that were on the Choshen of the Koen Godel. And it's from the breastplate of the Koen Godel that the printing press draws its holy power. And this is what the Pasuk refers to in Tehillim, when it says, And the Gemara says, on this last part of the Pasuk, Hashem created days, and one of them is reserved for him. What is Your eyes saw something that was in a raw state, in an unfinished state, the Gemara says this refers to the fact that Hashem showed that Odom 
each and every generation that would come from him subsequently and its leaders, those that would be teaching Torah in each generation. As the Gemara points out, and Hashem showed Otomarishon what would sustain the world nowadays, in the, towards the end of time, when we hear the footsteps of Mashiach. The Heroi Hashem showed him Sheato that now Kiyum Hatoira Shu Kiyum Oilam by the Ribuy Hasforum Hakdoishim. That now what keeps the world alive is the many holy Sforum that are published. Through that holy engravement, which is the great printing press. And upon your book, all of them will be written. Kulam Daiko, says, look at the word Kulam, all of them. All of the new revelations of Torah that the tzaddikim revealed will be written on, on in books. Because now everything can be printed and published with clarity to clarify the Torah through this printing press. This is what helps complete the written Torah, the oral Torah. And this is what corrects any problems in the blood that flows through the 365 tendons. And this is similar to the concept of Yom Kippur, which, which is misaking the entire year, one day which repairs the whole year. Now we see the connection between the two parts of this Pasuk. That one day refers to Yom Kippur. Because the atonement that's being accomplished on Yom Kippur that helps purify any problem in the blood that flows through our, our veins and our tendons that tikkun corresponds to the tikkun being accomplished by holy books being published and printed that complete the Torah and Klal Yisrael is able to benefit from. Baruch Hashem. Any questions, please? Question, does the digital publishing that we have today still draw from the holiness of the Kohen Gottel's breastplate? I would say yes. I would say yes because the forerunner of it was the printing press, where, where it had those metal letters that actually engraved. On, on a certain level, this is an, an, an extension of that. Okay, we begin the halacha dalit. Regarding the topic of yayin whereby wine becomes forbidden simply through the touch of a non-Jew. And the Muslims now points out, we don't find anything like this in any other food, in anything else in Yiddishkeit, to such an extent. 
This halacha will be based on chapter 36 in Likutimran. Ayin Sham, look it over. Mevoyer Sham Rabbeinazal explains there, She'ikr nisoyan v'tziruf shel kol adam hu betaibas niyuf. The main test and purification of every single person is in the area of purity in the relationship between men and women. Shehi klolius kol hataivois vamidas roes shel kol and this taiva, this the, the desire for forbidden relations, forbidden relationships between men and women, that desire is koilel, encompasses and includes in it all of the taivois roes and midois roes of all 70 nations. Kikol nefesh Yisrael mushrash b'shivim nefoshes b's because all of the Jewish souls are rooted in the original 70 members of the family of Yaakov Avinu that are listed in the Torah, which correspond to the 70 lit-up faces of Hashem, of the Torah, etc. Opposite this, opposite the 70 souls of Yaakov and the 70 lights, Heim Hashivim Akum are the 70 nations, Shenechosin Bechol Hatayvois Vamidois Rois, who are attached to all the different evil desires and evil character traits. The Yevsha Lovoy Lehis Galus Batoiro Bavoido, Kim Alide Shemeshabrim Haklipo Hakoidemus Lepri. Rabbi Nezal explains over there in Likudiran that it's impossible for a person to achieve any true revelation in Torah and serving Hashem unless the person first overcomes and destroys the husk that covers the fruit. What is this husk? Shehim kol hataivas. That refers to all the different materialistic desires of this world of which the main one is this sinful desire for women. This explains why Moshe Rabbeinu, who, who is the one who gave us the entire Torah and who represents the entire Torah, the name Moshe Rabbeinu is Bigimatria 613. Therefore, he was an incredible ascetic. He had to be separated from his wife completely. And opposite, directly opposite Moshe Rabbeinu on the ground floor in prayer is Bilam. Who was steeped more than anybody else in this taiva, a sinful type of relations. By in his case, it was with his donkey to the to that extent. Ayin Shom. Take a look over there on the Kutuman where Abinzal discusses this. Rabbinzal writes over there that when a Jew is being bombarded with his sinful thoughts about women, the solution to it is to recite the Shema. And Baruch Shem Kavod Malchus Ayyur Lamvoyed. 
Look over there and look around where Rabbi Nizal elaborates on the things we've mentioned here. I'm sorry, question? Sorry. Uh, can you give us a, a little bit of a taste of, of what Rabbeinu means when he says that Tikkun of Yehoi-Nihof is Shalai Bokshem? Yes. <coughs> Rabbeinu Zal explains over there in Likud Imran, towards the beginning of that chapter, that when a person is reciting Shema and Baruch Shem, they're attaching themselves to the 12 tribes. There are 12 words in Shema and Baruch Shem These 12 tribes, Hashem placed his seal of holiness upon them. They're called Mitoshlema. We're told that Avram Avinu had a good son and a, another type of son. He had Yitzchak and Yishmael. Yitzchak Avinu had a good son, Yaakov Avinu, and a terrible son, Esau. Yaakov Avinu had Mitoshlema, which means that his bed was perfect. Every He had pure tikkunabris. He when, he when he gave the brachas to his children before he passed away, he said about his firstborn son, Koichi Vareshesaini, that this is the first seed that came from me. He didn't have any zeralavatol of any type whatsoever, or any pegama bris of any type. And he produced these 12 shvatim in this, in this holiness. And these 12 shvatim correspond to the 12 words of Shman Barashem. So therefore, when a person is feeling themselves bombarded with thoughts of me, of that kind of thing, by reciting these 12 psukim, these 12 words, the person is plugging into holiness, the holiness of the 12 tribes, and they're unplugging themselves from any unholiness that, from which these sinful thoughts were coming from. Is there also a connection between, uh, between the, the Tikkun Niof and that Shema? Uh, we're supposed to be thinking about uh, um, Kiddush Hashem, like... Uh, Rabbi Akiva always wanted to be Yes. The Shema and Baruch Shem are the declaration of our faith in Hashem. It's the most basic and most powerful <coughs> declaration expressing our faith in Hashem. So Rabbi Enzal shows there that saying those, those words is a disconnect from negativity, from Pigama Bris, from Tumor, and connect plugging in to the Yud Beis Shiftei Kol. Paragraph Aleph, Vezeo Bechinas Isur Yayin Shnogu Based on what Rabbi Nezal writes there, we'll be able to understand why wine that's touched by a goy becomes forbidden. Ki Yayin Kolu Mishtei Bechinos Because wine has two capacities, two capabilities, good and bad. Because where wine is rooted in holiness is on a very, very high level. Because wine includes in it the concept, the word yayin is begimatria 70, 
it corresponds to these 70 interpretations of the Torah, which correspond to the 70 descendants of the house of Yaakov, with the 70 lead elders of Klal Yisrael, the Gemara says, any person who, when they drink a little bit of wine, it pacifies them, it appeases them, it makes them feel good. It, it allows them to let go of any negativity, and it allows the person to have yishuvadas, to think clearly, so a person who drinks wine that way has some of the das of the 70 elders. Because the word, the Hebrew word for wine is comprised of 70, where the 70 letters of the, yes, that wine, it, the term shivimoisius here means its numerical value is 70. So it, it corresponds to these 70 elders of the Jewish people upon whom Moshe Rabbeinu transferred his, his nevuah. However, Hashem created a parallel to this, an opposing, equal opposing force to this. Because when wine drops, from holiness to unholiness, then the seventy, all the evil of all seventy nations, attach themselves to it. Shehu which is the evil of all materialistic desires, of which the main one and the one that includes in it all the others is Taibasniyov the desire for sin with women. The kaniragam b'chush. And Rav Nosazal says, as we see in actual real life, shalidei shichrus hayayin, that when a person gets drunk from wine, nisar bev hadas, their mind becomes confused, ubo resichas hadamim, and the blood becomes very hot, the person's face turns red, shemishom kol hatayvaz. And it's from this blood. This blood is the source of all sinful desires. Bifrat taivana, especially this taiva of sin with women. As the Pasuk says, don't, don't focus on wine, which is red. And the Gemara Darshan's she'achrisoi dam, yis adam means it'll become, it'll lead to blood. <clears throat> this refers to the fire in the blood of the person who drinks wine to excess, which is where this, the passion for sins with women comes from. As the Pesach says regarding Zoros. Your eyes will look at, towards strangers. That drinking wine excessively will, will seduce a person, convince a person to look at sins with women. Note the wording that the Pasuk says, your eyes will look 
אסקנס. כי הוא בחינה אסורה הכל של כל העין עקום. Because here we're referring to the evil that encompasses all the evil of all seventy nations. Shal ze nemar avalo yisasuru achrei levavchem v'achrei neichem. Kamuva. Kamuva sham batoranal. Posig ze lingin ze. And it's regarding this that we have the posig in the kriyashma that don't turn towards, you don't, don't follow your eyes. And don't follow your heart's sinful desires. This is what our rabbis tell us. That another word for wine is tiroish. Which means that this person will become a leader. This refers to expanded consciousness, the ability to think properly and holy, be able to avail oneself to all 70 interpretations of the Torah, <coughs> including the secrets, which are called soid, which is Bigimatria 70. <coughs> and this is what's referred to as real seichel, real intellect. Because there is no wisdom or knowledge in this world that's as great as the wisdom and knowledge of the Torah. However, if a person drinks wine improperly, they drink the wrong amount, or they drink it at the right time, then, I'm sorry, if a person doesn't drink wine the right, the right way, then they become impoverished. Which means the person becomes steeped in this sinful desire, which leads to poverty. As the Pasuk says, a person who follows sinful relationships with women, Or loses their fortune. There's another Pasuk. Again, the Pasuk showing that because of a person going after sinful relationships with women, it'll, it'll touch their bread, their ability to earn a livelihood. And this is why the Gemara says, A person who witnesses a soita, a woman who behaved improperly with another man while she was still married. And, and he sees her being given the special waters to drink that are going to show us whether she actually committed sinful relations or not. So the Gemara says a person who witnesses such a, such a thing should separate themselves completely from wine, should abstain totally, totally from wine. Because Saita is the union of Pegama Bris, this woman who went, who, who violated the trust and the relationship with her own husband by, by secluding herself with another man. So a person who witnesses that should take special steps to distance themselves from wine. 
Vialkein paragraph days Vialkein Srichen Lishmor Hayayin Maoid Mimagakum. And it's for this reason that we have to guard the wine very carefully that no non Jew should touch it. Because these other these non-Jews are attached to the evil of all the materialistic desires, of which the main one is the sinful relationships with women. And therefore, the moment the goy touches the wine, he pushes the wine. We said wine has two properties, good and bad. He pushes the wind, the wine totally to the side of bad. Because the evil of the non-Jew attaches itself to it. Who is the opposite of the holiness of the Jewish nation. Which are basically included and rooted in the 70 souls, 70 people that came forth from Yaakov Avinu. And this is why once the non-Jew touches the wine, it becomes immediately forbidden to a Jew. And this is why the Gemara says, why were the rabbis concerned about wine that comes into contact with a non-Jew, the Gemara says that the rabbis issued a decree that we're not allowed to drink wine together with non-Jews because, because this will lead to interaction with the daughters of these non-Jews. So we see the connection between the wine and the issue of Tikkunabris. Any questions? Rabbi, um, yes. If if Zachanasa Rosh, no Zachanasa Rash, would it be? It seems like it would be safe to say that there are people on such a level that it wouldn't impact them. But Tzadik Gamur, who who drinks from wine that was touched by a goy. And it has this kind of an impact of the clipos and, the, and the, the opportunity for sin. I would imagine they wouldn't be affected by that. It should seems like it should be kind of relative. It's possible, but we have a concept in, in the Gemara of loy plug, that when the rabbis issued decrees, in most cases, the decree was for everyone across the board. Even if there are some people that might not be in danger by the thing that the rabbis are trying to protect, the rabbis said it applies to everyone. We see, for example, the Torah points out that Shlomai HaMelech thought that he was on such a high madrega that the Xerah of not being allowed to marry uh, more than a certain number of wives doesn't apply to him. And he saw that it does apply, it applies to everyone. Paragraph Gimel of Yalkein Afilu Yayin Kosher Shal Yisrael Tzorech Kol Ish Yisraeli Lizoher Moed Mimeno And it's for this reason that even kosher wine of a Jew, every single Jew when they're getting involved in wine has to be extremely careful. Kimuva Bakol Sifrei Kodesh Goydel Ha'azhoro Lehisrachik Moed Moed Mimashka Meshakir 
as we find in all of the holy books, especially the Sifre Hasidus, the Shulchan Aruch, they all emphasize how critical it is for a Jew to be careful to distance themselves a lot, very much so, from, from alcoholic beverages. Befrat, especially to avoid drinking a lot, to the point where it could lead to drunkenness. Because the only one who's really, really qualified and capable to drink wine with holiness, with real holiness properly, is the true tzaddik, shehu zach mikol v'kol, who has purified himself completely from all these thick 365 mitzvahs in the Torah, shehu noki v'zach legamri mikol ha'tayvos. He is 100% completely pure from all physical and materialistic desires. V'ha'ikar me'ataiva klo'yisana, especially in the area of Tikana Bris, that Sadik is, is outstanding. The all of Nemar Zochanasiroish. And it's about such a tzaddik <coughs> that the Torah tells us when he drinks wine, it elevates him. Because when a tzaddik of this caliber, when he drinks wine, there is no negative effects of the non-Jews, which is especially this sinful desire, which is a composite of all the evil of all 70 nations. Whereas a person who has not purified themselves completely from all all taivos, when such a person drinks wine, this person who has not purified himself from all the tibas, when such a person drinks a lot, the touch of the non-Jew has the ability to affect this person. That the hot bloodedness inside of this child should become turned on. Again, when such a person who has not purified himself from all the taibas, when that person drinks wine, especially to excess, then the touch of the goy can attach itself to that person, meaning it can arouse in that person a fire in the blood which is the, again, that desire for sin, especially, especially with women. This next paragraph is extremely important for us, for religious Jews. Because a truly religious Jew should not be drinking any wine or alcoholic beverages only a little bit to expand their consciousness, to help them think better and bigger, to put them in a happy frame of mind. 
And even this little bit should be reserved for Shabbos, Yontov, Esudas Mitzvah, Ki Iker, Kedushas, Hayayim, Nimshach, Rak, Mikedushas, Shabbos. Because the true holiness of wine, it draws from, from the holiness of Shabbos. Shehut Chilol, Mikroi, Kodesh which is the top of the pyramid. It's the holiest of all the holidays. And all the holiness of all the holidays are drawn from Shabbos Kodesh. And this holiness of Shabbos is like the holiness of the true tzaddik who is compared to Shabbos. Sha'ol of Nemar, it's about this true tzaddik that the Pesach says, Zoha Naser Roish. If he drinks wine properly, he becomes a Roish, a true leader. And this explains why a person should avoid, hence, in, you know, avoid getting involved in wine. But, but the, the, the tzaddik emes, when he drinks wine, Naser Roish, the Zebrinas Hakidish Shal Shabbos Al Kois Yain Daiko. And this explains why we bring in the Shabbos on Friday night over a cup of wine specifically. Shemam Shichim Kedusha Shabbos Al Deayain Daiko, which means that we draw upon ourselves the holiness of Shabbos through that wine, through that wine of Kiddush. Because the holiness of Shabbos is in the fact that on Shabbos we have access to all 70 interpretations of the Torah. Which shine most brightly on Shabbos. Because we know that the Torah was given originally on Har Sinai on Shabbos. Ki Shabbos Iker Klolius Hakdusha shall call Hashiv Nafshes Beis Yaakov, shall call Hashiv Man Penehirim, Shem Shivim Ponam Latorekanam. Because Shabbos represents the composite of all the holiness of all seventy nations, seventy children of Yaakov Avinu, of all the seventy interpretations of the Torah. And this holiness of Shabbos, we draw upon ourselves through that cup of wine of Kiddush on Friday night. Because on Shabbos, the wine is in its holiest state. Corresponding to the high-level intellect of the seventy leading rabbis of Klal Yisrael who are in the Sanhedrin, Kiyayim Oyle Shivim Shubachina Shivim Tevin Shibekidish, because the word wine is Bigimatria seventy, corresponding to the seventy words in the Kiddush on Friday night, Kaidei Kiddush Alayayim Mamshichem Kol Hashivim Ponamanal. Because it's through this holiness, by making Kiddush on wine, we draw upon ourselves, we connect to all 70 interpretations, 70 lights of the Torah.
ועל כן זיווג הנשאל תמידי חכמים הוא רק משבס לשבס. And this eerie quietness in the house on Shabbos, this explains why the Talmidei Chachamim are required to be with their wives once a week on Shabbos, from Shabbos to Shabbos. Because it's on Shabbos that we draw upon ourselves these 70 faces of the Torah which corresponds to the 70 descendants of Yaakov, the family of Yaakov Avinu, and Yaakov Avinu and his family represent the holiness of the bris. And then the person is able to, when a person... Uh, drinks wine bigdusha for Kiddush Friday night, then that person is able to drink, to draw the holy neshama, the additional holy neshama that we get on Shabbos, from among the 70 souls of the family of Yaakov Avinu. Now comes a very powerful paragraph, paragraph hey. Ve'ikar ha'koyl tolui behiskashus le'tzadikeyemes and the most important thing that everything depends on is attaching oneself to true tzaddikim who have already achieved a high level of tikkun abris, of which there's no higher level that can be attained. And it's through the connection to the tzaddikim, that's what enables each and every one of us to draw upon ourselves the holiness of Shabbos, which is synonymous with the holiness of the phantom, the creeping nefoshos, And this tzaddik, is the concept of the 70 interpretations of the Torah, the 70 souls of the family of Yaakov. And then, if a person is really attached to true tzaddikim, then that person is allowed to drink a little bit of wine on Shabbos and Yontif, l'sameach nafshoi, to, to fill his heart with joy, to expand his thinking, so that the person should be able to be aroused and inspired to feel the sweetness of the, of, uh, the incredible sweetness of the Torah. Kedushas Yisro, which is the holiness of the Jewish nation. Shubachinas Kedusha Shabbos, which is synonymous with the holiness of Shabbos. Which we draw upon ourselves, this holiness of Shabbos, through the power of the true tzaddikim that we try to attach ourselves to. Ki 
Lacham Shulchaleinu Kedusha Shabbos V'Yisrael V'Torah. Each and every one of us knows deep down in our hearts that we are not capable, we're not human beings of quality to be able to to draw upon ourselves the Kiddush of Shabbos and the Kiddush of the Jewish nation and of the Torah, without a proper connection to the true Tzadikim, who have already purified themselves from all sinful desires, especially from this Taiva, this strong desire that men have for women. These tzaddikim are our joy, they're our life. And it's through these great tzaddikim that they arouse and awaken Hashem's kind feelings towards us. And it's through these tzaddikim that Hashem takes pity on us and allows us to awaken the little bit of good that's inside of us, so that we should be able to feel the holiness of Shabbos and Yontav, and to rejoice at the salvation of Hashem, that Hashem has given us the Shabbos, by drinking wine, oz, by drinking wine on Shabbos very carefully, in a carefully measured manner. Said we should be zeichet that the wine should be wine that fills us with joy. Bechinas v'yain yisamach levav enoish, as the pasuk says in Tehillim, wine brings joy into the hearts of men. Lehatzil ponim mishomen, to allow our face to shine from oil. Bechinas shivim ponim anal. This refers to the the oil on the face, the face glowing is a remiss to the 70 lights of the Torah. So that we should be through this holy joy that we're experiencing now by drinking a little bit of wine on Shabbos Nyantiv, when we're deeply attached to the tzaddik, to the tzaddikim, through this, the person could be to experience, to feel the greatness of Hashem, the greatness of the true tzaddikim, and the greatness of the Torah, each and every person on their level, on their own level. Any questions, please? Good morning, Rav Nossam. Making, um, making Kiddush on Friday night with a Specifically, if I want to use a larger share of, of wine for Friday night, or a bigger cup rather, I'm just finding it difficult to handle so much wine in one shot. Uh, any thoughts on strategies to, to do that, to benefit from the wine of Kiddush or making Kiddush on wine at the same time, not overdoing it right at the beginning of the Suda? 
Exactly, exactly as you said, that we make Kiddush on wine and we appreciate it and we think at the time that, wow, this is going to be a springboard. This is going to help me connect to the 70 interpretations of the Torah, to the 70 nefesh of, of Yaakov Avinu, and to connect Hashem. And I'm, I'm drinking this wine only to expand my, my thoughts about the greatness of Hashem and the greatness of the tzaddikim and the greatness of the Torah. So a person should use good, healthy judgment what size cup of wine they use, knowing on what they can handle. Certain people that grew up drinking wine, etc., they're used to it, they know that they can handle a 12-ounce cup or a 16-ounce cup of wine, and it definitely will not confuse them at all. On the contrary, it'll lift their thoughts. For that person, it could be permitted. But obviously, Rav Nassim gave warnings here, be careful, be careful. Wine is a very delicate and dangerous item. So, Rav Nossen, is I understand that it's better to have a bigger, bigger kois for Friday night. So, does that mean if I want to do benefit from wine and I don't want yain kal because it's it's just not what I really enjoy? So, should I then downgrade the size of my downgrade the size of my cup to get the advantage of the wine, or to Mm. The answer is, again, it depends on the person. If you know that the cup of the size, the large size cup of wine that you're using now for Kiddush does not harm you in any way, doesn't put you to sleep, doesn't confuse you in any way. On the contrary, it makes you feel much better. And you're able to lead the meal, the Friday night meal, with simcha, with joy, with singing, with the very Torah, with participating. Then there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong at all with it. But if a person knows that that larger size cup of wine affects them in a negative way, then they should definitely downsize. Thank you, Rav Sure. Anyone else, please? A question in the chat. We mentioned the sinful desire for women. Does it mean that this problem is totally irrelevant to women? The answer is not completely, because the Torah emphasizes a woman's behavior. A woman's openness should be reserved only for her husband. And the concept of that a woman is supposed to try to whatever degree possible to be reserved, to be more inside, not outside, especially, especially in the presence of men, that kind of thing. This is one of the reasons why when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, men would leave their wives because of the fact that Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is such an exceptionally time of holiness, holiness judgment, to, to have a, like we said here, Moshe Rabbeinu was Porush. Because he represents the whole Torah, he had to be Porush from his wife. These certain exceptionally holy times of the year, there's a certain level of precious. I apologize a little bit for being weaker a little than usual, running on very, very little sleep, Baruch Hashem, hoping to catch up a little bit, Mitz Hashem. But thrilled that we had the opportunity to learn this incredible, powerful, powerful words, you know, giving us the right hashkafa regarding wine, regarding drinking, regarding Shabbos, all of these things. Wishing everybody this to, to, to Friday, Erev Shabbos, is going to be Rosh Chodesh.
Rosh Chodesh is a holiday, and Shabbos coming after that, Shabbos Chazayim, the Shabbos before <coughs> Tishabov, a very holy Shabbos. We should be zarechet to, to celebrate Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, Bikdusha, with Yayin HaMesameach only, nothing less. Baruch Hashem.